Welcome to the Forward with Purpose podcast. Your hosts are Linda Keener Thomas from the National Memorial for the Unborn and Mindy Lefeshore from an even place virtual abortion healing groups and coaching for pro-life ministry workers. We understand the power of addressing the abortion wound, which then allows us to confidently stand in the gap for the next person. We also understand how lonely and heavy this work can be. This podcast is designed to connect you with other leaders doing this work to learn from the vast wealth of knowledge and experience that is out there. God has designed you for greater things. God has commissioned you to a precious and sacred place in abortion recovery ministry work. It is our hope you are encouraged and equipped as you move forward with purpose in your ministry. Hello, everybody. We are here again with Sylvia Blakely and Arise Daughter. And today we're going to take a break from leadership discussions and we're going to talk to her about what God's doing in her ministry. But before we get started, I wanted to give Linda a couple minutes to share about what's going on with the National Memorial. Hey, thank you so much, Mindy. Um, yeah, we've got a big event coming up next weekend, February 2nd, um, and we've got Senator Marsha Blackburn, a U.S. Tennessee um, senator, that's going to be speaking at our, our program, and we're just really excited. You know, um, the memorial is just in a new growth phase, and then we've got new leadership and great things happening, and at this meeting, the most exciting part to me is a culmination of a probably 10 year dream of mine and that is to take the wall virtual so we're going to be previewing the virtual wall all 3000 plus plaques are going to be online where people can go on and access them anytime and I think it's going to be a whole new ball game you know as we network with all of you abortion recovery ministries around the the country now you'll be able to pull up the names and have them read through the names as they're naming their baby and to give them that option as they heal and name their children to be a part of this national wall so we're really excited right now that is exciting so real quick for an even place just to let everyone know um so everything that we do at even place is by virtual and so how we help you is if you are not doing virtual studies yet we use forgiven and set free for abortion recovery and you have a client or you have a volunteer and you don't have any groups, let's just say, or something, we can just sort of help you fill that gap. Um, so maybe your client um, doesn't really want to come to an in-person or you don't have enough people to do an in-person, but she really wants some help. So that's just one way we can help fill a gap. But Sylvia today is here with Arise Daughter, and she also has a, a gap filling um, opportunity, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, and really it is, I, I don't know if, um, the other organization that I spoke to ever contacted you yet, but, um, I, I just sent somebody to her because of the exciting things that God is doing. And the reason is so important. So I, I'm going to let you just take it away, Sylvia. And before you get started, just in case there's somebody new, just help people remind who you are and why you're here just in an elevator. It was, if you were driving Riding up to the 10th floor. (laughs) (laughs) What my elevator pitch would be, right? (laughs) Well, thanks again, Mindy. Thanks again, Linda, for the opportunity to speak today. Um, Arise Daughter is a post-abortion mentoring ministry that is equipped by Holy Spirit to help women and men heal, train, and serve in the kingdom of God. That's it. That's what we do. We walk alongside people individually and in small groups to help folks heal. Typically, we focus on uh, women who have been through a healing program already, but may have now recognized that there are some other areas that they would like to heal in. 
and don't quite know what to do with their next. So we walk alongside them in that. Um, and, you know, the things that come up are oftentimes varied. It may be um, sexual abuse in their past. And so we can uh, rely that uh, <laughs> we can <laughs> give them services that will help with that. Um, there may be some other issues that often come up. Sometimes people need to take a second uh, look at their abortion pain and maybe a retreat is what they need. Mm -hmm. And so we just sit down with people individually and look and see where is it that God wants to lead you. And in doing that, um, he, he very clearly said to us, well, it's great that you're walking with people who have been through a program, but guess what? You're going to have to offer programs too. And I, you know, I was like boxing with him about that for that first year. So I thought, <laughs> okay, Lord, yeah, that's a lot. You know, we're doing these individual <laughs> mentoring and counseling sessions. And then here we are um, now, you know, you're asking us to actually offer healing programs. And so he got us ready to do that. Um, and Forgiven and Set Free is pretty much where we landed. I am trained to do a couple of others. Um, but that is the program that I went through. That is a program I am most familiar with. And so that is where we started. Well, so as I was planning this year's uh, offerings and, and uh, at this point we thought, well, it's probably safe that we can for sure say that we can do two, one in the spring and one in the fall. And uh, I'm planning this springs and he very clearly said to me, Sylvia, I want you to specifically offer this to women who have live children, but then chose abortion. So Real quick, these are virtual groups, correct? So these are all virtual groups. Okay. Our ministry is, is uh, I would say, almost 100% virtual. We do other things as well um, in person. But um, so, yes. So I, I thought, okay, Lord, I, I, you know, that was the first thing. I, I don't feel qualified because that's not my personal story. Um, how am I going to guide these women? And he very clearly said, well, you you don't, you're just, <laughs> you're there as my mouthpiece, right? So just do and say what I ask you to. And I thought, okay, this is, this is how this year is going to go. Our, our word for the year um, as a ministry is surrender. So that means fearlessly surrendering. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so, okay. So you were hesitant when the Lord spoke this to you and tell me why this is why you think this is special, why you think God wants you to focus on these particular group of women when we've mm -hmm. all had women who have had children in our groups, mm -hmm. what kind of, what kind of niche are you focused on filling? So as I was uh, speaking with one particular young lady and I, and I, I have no doubt that God squarely had his eye on her and, and that she was the reason why he was asking me to do this class. Um, but she's, she has a one-year-old and, um, she would have preferred, uh, a virtual group, I believe, but she also understood that with a young baby at home, it would have been really, really tough to do, uh, an in-person, but even possibly a virtual because of the fact that, um, she may have to take out a minute or two to take care of her baby, but also that that baby could be a trigger to other women in the room. And so I started thinking, Lord, okay, um, yes, all of those things, you know, those are all things we think about as we begin a group. Um, how can we make it um, as comfortable as we can for each and every woman in the room? Because we oftentimes don't know who's going to be there. You know, like you said, there may be some women who have children. 
um, who are living and then chose abortion. There may be some women there who've never conceived again after after an abortion. So the stories are varied, right? Um, but I, I felt like he was saying, you need to make space for this group of women who sometimes are denied access to other mm -hmm. groups because of this particular situation that they're in. Mm -hmm. I said, hmm, I, I didn't know it was, that was a thing. I didn't know mm -hmm. that sometimes women were turned away from groups because mm -hmm. of, of this as a particular situation. So again, being really new to this portion, I'm thinking, all right, Lord, this might be something. And sure enough, she happened to be friends with another young lady who also has a, uh, a pre-toddler at home. And we had just taken her through a, through a class and it went beautifully. I mean, there were no hiccups, you know, other than, of course, <laughs> well, she did try to run on week seven, but that was okay. We, Holy, Holy Spirit had us <laughs> hunt her down and she came back to the group. <laughs> you guys know how that can go, but but it wasn't because of, of, of her child. It was, you know, it was some other things. But um, so, yeah, so it ended up they were friends. And so then, you know, God was like, well, then she's got a built-in prayer partner, right? Mm -hmm. Because this yeah. is going to be something that's going to uniquely touch both of them. The one that's been through it and understands the, the value of it now and the other one who wants to go through it, but again, has this particular set of needs that it, it may not be applicable to uh, a general group mm -hmm. so he said hold open four spots so I'm thinking okay I think we have two people <laughs> Lord who else are you going to bring um mm -hmm. and so we're just waiting we're waiting mm -hmm. you know as I was waiting even for the first person to say yes um and to have that as a uh, an affirmation I said to him I said Lord okay you you asked me to do this and now I'm not hearing from anybody. Was it just my yes you needed? Mm -hmm. And he starts there. We know mm -hmm. that, right? Mm -hmm. if, if I had not just stopped fighting and given up and said, okay, Lord, this is who you need me to, to offer a class to, then the next step could not have, have been taken. So I know he starts with our yes. And mm -hmm. sure enough, yep, I got a call from... Mindy. <laughs> and that got the ball rolling for the women that I was that was already in prayer about um, to step forward into our class. So isn't God good? Yes. And she it was so funny because I didn't know she had contacted you already. I just knew she was going she's actually going to be in Linda's group. And we were really struggling with that because there's some ladies in there that aren't ready for a baby to be present, you know, yeah. in a group. Uh, I was having problems picturing it in a group mm -hmm. where you have women being triggered and so mm -hmm. I love the idea of them having their own mm -hmm. yeah and last year I had a lady come through and she finished the group she had a little one as well and her situation the lady the other ladies in the group had no problem they were they had enough healing or they were it was babies were not a trigger and they genuinely did not have any problem with her um but it would have been really nice for her to be in a group with other moms you know, that are kind of where she's at. That is that that is kind of a, a nice, helpful healing piece that can be brought together. And her, her situation was that it was just not safe. She, there was some things going on with dad, father of the baby, and she didn't feel safe leaving her baby anywhere. Mm -hmm. Now I'm thinking in our society and our, our, um, our economic um, 
situation as we are right now, childcare is going to get harder and harder, or even potentially trusting people is going to get harder and harder. I hate to say that, but it's so true within our own families. Sometimes we can't trust people um, with our children. So it just might be a real need. Um, and I, I'm really excited because I do know one other lady that not me personally, but I know one other organization and I, I do hope that they reach out to you because I know that lady has been waiting and why make them wait, you know, mm-hmm. when, mm-hmm. um, when they can get help and they can and do so together. Time for the, yeah. And what a precious time for them to get help, you know, so that it's not going to impact their little ones, mm. you know, to get healing now before yes. it impacts that whole relationship. It's yes. Really perfect. So true. Uh, yes. Go ahead. You were going to say something. I was just going to say really quickly um, that the other young lady that, uh, you know, is joining the group, she literally went to an in-person group uh, just yesterday. And so I'd asked her for follow-up, uh, you know, how it went. And she said, this is not going to work for me. She said, I, I would have to pay for childcare for my two youngest ones. I mm-hmm. can't afford that. Um, and she said, and, and, um, and she gave me permission to share this. She said, and I'm newly pregnant. And I know mm-hmm. that that would trigger yeah. people in the room. She said, beside my kids. So, so that was the second confirmation, you know, obviously yes. this, this is, this is a, a situation where, like you said, Linda, um, God wants these women healed sooner rather than later mm-hmm. for yes. their young children so yes. that, um, they can parent in the way that he intended them to parent in the first place. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, again, I don't have that personal experience, but God, God knows he already has, has set aside some specific and special healing for these women. And so I just want to be there to watch this happen. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. You brought it up a couple of times. So I do want to touch on it. The whole idea, you don't have experience with this particular, this isn't your story where you, you know, had, had an abortion and had a child, then you're taking care of and you're going through healing, you know, and that kind of thing. That's not your story. But the reality is, is my story is not anybody else's story. Just because I had an abortion doesn't make me an expert on somebody else's story because they had an abortion. Now, truly, we can relate and identify to some of the feelings that we struggle with. But I love mm-hmm. the response that the Lord gave you because you're we aren't the ones doing the work. We're just the ones guiding them through. We're just navigating. We're just saying, hey, that's going to be hard here. But I promise if you if you can trust the process, it's going to be better on the other side. And it's going to be hard to get there, but there's some beautiful things that you're going to learn and see that you won't, you won't see until you go through this piece. And, um, and truly that's just a willing vessel. Mm, that's mm. just a willing heart and a willing vessel. I love that because I feel like you're really speaking also to women who've never had an abortion, but yet have a heart for helping women heal from abortion. Yes. yes. You know, can you be a, an effective counselor for a cancer patient if you've never had cancer? Yeah, I believe you can. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I I highly encourage women who have a heart for helping women heal, um, who bring that ministry of reconciliation with them. Uh, if you've never had an abortion, God can use you. Yes. He wants you to um, be a bridge in a way. Mm, yes. And I, I really do feel like those women can be a bridge back to the love of Christ. Yes. Um, in, in a very specific and special way. Yeah. And do you know? So I know this is brand new, oh, but ahead. what what uh, special challenges do you anticipate uh, in doing a group a um, where there's little little ones at, at the feet? <laughs> good question, Linda. 
Yeah, you know, um, again, not not wanting to get ahead of God in this, but certainly my flesh is thinking, well, you know, uh, is there an age cutoff, Lord? You know, because there's certain there's certain things that you can, you know, you know, an infant's not going to understand, you know, what you know, one year old's not going to not going to pick up on. Um, but I'm you know, what boundaries, Lord, do you want me to put around mm -hmm. two and three year olds? Right. Who are running around in the room and who may be if, if nothing else, quite a distraction. You know, potentially. Or if mom too. is crying, they could become exactly. upset if she's expressing some emotion. Yeah, exactly. What might mom hold back? Um, because there might be a child in the room. And so, um, what I know so far about you know a couple of the moms that we've had in in class is that they're very good at managing those kinds of situations. <laughs> you know, um, if they're older children in the home, you know, they certainly will allow them to be babysitter while they're doing what they need to do. Um, if it means taking more frequent breaks so that you can um, then see about your child and then come back to it, we'll do that. Um, if it means, you know, a little bit of playtime with the baby so that the child knows that we're there and we're safe and we're helping mommy, um, whatever it's going to take, we're going to have to be flexible enough to. Yeah. to Flexibility. Uh, to yes. Yes. Ooh, <laughs> that's that's really my little name for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to hear. When does this group start? So we start February 13th, um, 6.30 to 8.30 Eastern. Okay. And uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to what God has for these women. And, and it brought up another thing this morning for me as I was thinking about, okay, well, Lord, you know, you've, you've allowed me to kind of see this trend right in front of me. Are there other special groups that mm -hmm. may need uh, individualized uh, classes? So we can talk about that when, you, when you're ready, Mindy, but yeah. Are you ready? I am. <laughs> oh, well, I'm curious. What what other things did he show you? Share. Right, right. So my background is in community health nursing. And so I'm often looking for trends uh, as I, um, you know, working with people and people groups. And I'm, I'm just watching a couple trends that have been coming across my radar. And one has been women who've had multiple abortions. I've seen them in my class. I, I had a woman who had had, um, she'd, she'd had so many abortions that she could not count them. Um, I know women who've been through class that have had multiple abortions who continue to struggle. Um, and we all, we all know that one class is not a one and done. We get that part. But I think that there is a particular uh, sense of guilt and shame. Mm -hmm amongst women who've had more than one abortion. I feel and like so, they're worse than those of us that have just had one. It's, yeah. it, it, exactly. And, and you've heard, and, and I have heard, you know, sort of judging sorts of statements from women who've only had one, you know, well, they, and they, they let can't me just, understand the situation. Yeah, go I'm ahead. So sorry, let me speak into that because I've had three abortions. So I can say, yes, there's, and I tell women this, especially when they've had multiple abortions, there's a stigma when we have an abortion. But there's another stigma when we have multiples. And now mm -hmm. recently um, we had somebody come through who had six abortions. I think there's an added layer of stigma to that as you start now adding them up and stacking them on top. And just the idea and the comprehension and the the way it hits your heart when the value of life begins to really seep in and you begin to mm. see truth and you begin to compare that to the way G who Jesus is and Oh my gosh, what was, you know, who was I? Where was I? What was the situation? People with, you know, like 
multiple abortions, like you're saying, that cannot count, sometimes their situation is a little bit different, you know, in that they maybe they were trafficked, maybe they were, you know, in a situation of, you know, they were in the industry, a sex industry or something, and um, they were forced, manipulated, pushed, you know, whatever those things are, coerced. But the reality is, is that woman still lives with that shame. (laughs) Yes. And that woman still lives with that shame and guilt. And um, so, yeah, it does have an extra stigma, but boy, God's love is so vast and deep that he cuts right through that. Yeah, absolutely. And and the grieving process is complicated so much more when they start talking about, you yeah. know, coming up with five or six names and imagining your babies, you know, how do you, how do you, they get their mind around that? That's a real yes. challenge. Mm-hmm. Well, and let me add this piece to it because with multiple abortions, especially if there's a child in between. So that's what was my case. So I had an abortion and I had a bit, and then I had my daughter and then I had two abortions. That first pregnancy had I carried it to term, I could not have gotten pregnant with my daughter. That was such a thing. I still don't even know how to explain how I worked through that. God just gave me a piece for that. But that when I came to Christ, that was something like I, oh my gosh, like, you know, I, I, I was having trouble wrapping my brain around the whole idea that I, stop something would Courtney still be who she is and maybe I shouldn't be saying her name but would she be still who she is had I had her later you know she just wouldn't Uh, have been a different age I mean uh, I don't know uh obviously uh these are questions that are almost not worth what ifs spending time in because the reality is the reality I mean the truth is the truth and what's before us is before us but it was something that I struggled with and I I had to grapple with the Lord a little bit on it and then he eventually gave me peace but there is that peace to multiple abortions Uh too because when there's more than one Oftentimes there's some, there's a child that they birthed somewhere in between there and how that would affect, I mean, how abortion affects our family anyway, had we had all those children, our family would be completely different. And as far as its makeup, you know, but, you know, just grappling with that. So that's another piece there. Mm, Thank you, Mindy, so much for sharing um, your story with that. Um, And it is, I think it's a unique situation that, um, then those women can come together around some of those moral injury issues. You know, what, yeah. what, what has it meant? The ripple effects of all of that, what, what could it have mean? And and you're right. At some point we, you have to put the ifs away, but just to have that rich conversation, you know, that not many other people could understand, yeah. um, but they could, yeah. I think that's going to be really valuable. Another, another subgroup that I see is uh, women who are coming fresh from this abortion pill experience. Mm-hmm. Um, their trauma is unique. Some of them are reaching out right away for healing, but their 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 healing journey is going to look different mm-hmm. um, than you know potentially the eight week very deep um, spiritual healing. It it may be that exactly, but it may be something that deals with their trauma first, mm-hmm. and you know looks at those variables and says, okay, how can we help you <laughs> get to a place. But that does not mean we leave them alone and say, well, you can't come until you're right. six months out or you're two right. years out or whatever right. some of the, these arbitrary rules are, but that we still sit with you in a space yes. Yes. that makes you feel safe, that yes. makes you feel heard and seen, yes. and that lets you grieve this acute pain that I, again, I can't speak to because I did not have a pill abortion. I had right. a surgical abortion. But your pain is going to be unique and God has something special just for you. So those women are going to understand them, uh, 
the the dynamic amongst themselves differently than another group would. I see God speaking specifically into that group. Mm -hmm. May I ask a question here and not to challenge what God is doing in your life, certainly, but I see a potential challenge that could arise as a result of putting people into groups specific to their situation. And that is, okay, so now nobody else will understand, you know, could it work against them to alienate them in some way if they're not brought through correctly to say, you know, we're here together, but that doesn't mean that we can't, you know, that we're not united with everybody else in Christ, you know, like somehow breaking down those barriers. Cause even within, you know, it took years for many people to get to the point where, okay, somebody who doesn't have an abortion can be allowed into this space because, oh, they don't understand. Well, maybe they don't, but understanding isn't what qualifies us. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. But in so doing, in by us doing that, well, just abortion, you know, people who've experienced abortion can now heal an abortion, kind of created its own sect and way of dividing <laughs> unintentionally. I don't, I don't really don't think it was intentional, but that's what happened because, okay, mm-hmm. well, now I know I'm safe in this group, but I don't think I'm, I don't know that I'm safe anywhere else. But the reality is there's a lot of people that we're safe with. We just haven't learned that. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And I will tell you one specific group here, here, herein can be an issue. Um, African-American women. Mm. Um, and you guys can't see me, but I'm African-American. So let me just share it, that with you. Um, I have heard from uh, several African-American women that they don't feel safe in spaces where there aren't faces that look like theirs. Mm. Um, and so they are very, very reluctant to enter into the healing journey without some representation mm. um, that speaks to what they think will be their specific cultural experiences. Is that fair? Not We're not really dealing with fair. Now we're dealing with familiarity. Um, why is that important? Um, because I feel like there as many um, as as many as there are providers of abortion recovery, I still am hearing a lot of abortion recovery leaders saying, I I, I can only get one or two people in. I just still can't get them. What is it that's holding them back? There's something. Mm -hmm. There's something. Of course, God's timing is perfect. But there may be some other variables, ladies, that we just have not leaned into that may bring in more people than we expect. Now, I don't know how God's going to do it. Why he asked me to lean into this specific group first. I don't know, but there, I believe because I believe it's him that there's Mm -hmm. something to this. So, um, I, you know, I went through a group that there were, um, three Caucasian women, one Hispanic and, uh, Holy spirit was all up in that group. (laughs) You know what I mean? There was nobody that looked like me, but that's not how God works. But for some women to get into the room, you know, we talk about um, why it's important to have diversity in a lot of our areas, in in healthcare, for example, because some people just feel comfortable taking that first step with people that they that they feel like they're they can they can relate to. And for again, for some women, it may be those who have who have children. For some, it may be those who have had multiple abortions. For some, it may be. Uh, the fact that they are of this, you know, of the same cultural background. For some, it may be. I mean, men. We separate men out for that reason. Except right? at retreats. We, well, <laughs> except, except at retreats. In some retreats, and I've been to some that they are very segregated. 
Um, so, you know, there, there's an understanding that men often heal differently. They mm -hmm. may have a different um, uh, set point as in, in a comfort level as to who they speak to and what they speak about. Do we think that that God can't heal in any of those situations? Absolutely not. Absolutely so, not. So that he can use. There are some people, Mindy, as you know, that don't that don't have any clue about what virtual healing looks like and don't believe in it. Right, they, right. They just cannot wrap their arms around yes, the fact yes. that Holy Spirit can do what he can do virtually. And so yes. they just reject it straight yes. up. Mm -hmm. Let me just add a question here. So um, as we, as I made that last comment and that last question to you, and you brought in the piece of familiarity, and I, I, I happen to think you're hundred percent right that we do have to create inroads for, and meet people where they're at, you know, in that way. And that's why some people are doing secular studies, you know, and so people are just trying to create these inroads and we have to do what we feel like God is calling each of us to do in those. So as I was listening to you though, I realized it's usually not the participants that are um, saying, hey, I can't be, well, usually not the participants saying, I can't be in a group with so this kind of person or that kind of person. It's usually the leaders. It's those who have been through healing that come back and say, okay, now we can only do it. Da, 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 da. Now I know we're all getting a little more open-minded to this and we're all becoming a little more relaxed and understanding, but I guess I want to go back and re-ask my question a different way. Mm -hmm. So how can we as leaders, what, what comes to the top of your mind when we are taking like, say we, 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 somebody else hears what you're doing and says, you know what? I want to start a group just for moms, women who have living children, you know, like you're doing, like Sylvia's doing. And um, how can we as leaders encourage or um, maybe guard against that spirit of division? Okay, well, I can't share with anybody else. You know what I mean? Helping mm -hmm. the participants who eventually become leaders, because many of them do some point down the road, um, kind of embrace this uh, more open-mindedness, I guess. I'm not sure the word I'm looking for. I don't want to sound judgmental. I'm not trying to be judgmental, but <laughs> I can't figure out what the word is I'm trying to say. <laughs> right. Well, I think, I think if I'm understanding correctly, okay. I think what you're saying is that how can we remain God-focused? Yes. Hmm. Yes, I think so. And you know, what brings you to a place certainly isn't where God wants you to stay. Yes. Don't we have to be really conscious about that? I think as the leader, we need to make sure that everything that we're doing is God-focused. That is God-centered, God-led, that we heard from God from the very beginning about what it is he wants us to do. But that the secular world doesn't become the focus, that the gender specificness of our, our group doesn't become the focus, that the cultural difference doesn't become our focus, that the that the circumstances and situations of the abortions doesn't become the focus. That is not the focus. So right. I think you're right. If we are anchored in the fact that God is first in this healing journey, like you said, it should not matter then what my background is. Right. Um, because I am an open and willing vessel and I am trusting that God, no matter who he brings into that room is going to do the individual healing, but it just happens to be that 
it's going to happen as a collective as well. Won't, won't we all gain more from that? Now, you know, if, 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 if out of this group comes a mom who says, well, I only want to work with moms, I think I would probably, you know, okay, let's talk about that. You know, is this a God-led decision or is this just because this is the way you came through? Mm -hmm. um, you know, what is it that God is asking you to do? This, this is a particular um, sore spot for the moms who can't get in classes, but that doesn't mean that that may be only, you right. know, who they serve. Right. So I, I guess I want to make sure that, like you said, that this remains God-focused, God-centered, allowing him to do the work and knowing that he will not leave them the same way that they came in. Yeah, very good. And in the in the beginning, you made a comment that made me write down a note, continued growth, both personally and spiritually, because truly we're all at different places and you know we all have to grow in different areas and sometimes it's just that understanding growing beyond the boundaries of our understanding and allowing god to have a little more room again back to your word flexible mm. you know mm -hmm. not getting stuck on it... you know just gender or on a specific kind of group or you know whatever but being flexible to what god wants us to do not being flexible to what others are saying we should do but being flexible to how god's leading us you know, being willing to adapt. Yeah. And I think it highlights the need for us to be networking, you know, as God is yeah. just raising up the abortion mm -hmm. recovery ministries across this country. Yes. Um, it, it's okay to have some of this specialized stuff and we need to be knowing about each other so that we can fit people into where they're most comfortable oh. um, and to, to yes. know what's going on. So we're so glad to be able to highlight yes. um, what's what's on your heart, Sylvia, and, mm. and uh, so many, so many new ideas and fresh energy. And we just salute all of you out there that, that are just following the Lord and stepping out boldly into this huge um, wilderness of a new frontier. <laughs> it kind of is, isn't it? Um, and yeah. um, oh, Sylvia, uh, a few minutes ago, you mentioned how um, women who uh, don't have abortion, you know, raised up to come and, you know, possibly come and work in this. And last year, I just want to make this note to anybody who's listening. I had talked to five different women last year who felt like the Lord was raising them up and they did not have abortion in their past and God was using them in really mighty ways. And so I'm really excited to see what he's going to do because I think he just really wants to bless the socks off his, his people. He wants to bring us all out of captivity and, um, you know, and so we can be a glorious, spotless, blameless bride and be used for his purposes and his glory, you know, mm. fulfill the call in our lives. Mm. You know, that's mm. been on my heart the last six months or so. What I'm doing is preparing the bride, helping her mm. clean her garments and get yeah. ready for the groom. That's, uh, that's just been a real special thought. I'm glad you shared that, Mindy. Yeah, mm. I love that. That's beautiful. Well, we are kind of at the end of our time. Um, Sylvia, is there any other groups that came to mind for you just um, as a way of closing? Um, there's there's one other, and this is this is hit a personal testimony of mine. I, I won't go into all of it, but I will say this. Um, women who have um, medically coerced abortions mm. in their history, yeah, who who aborted because of what a ultrasound technician intimated or what a doctor said. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that that is going to be another area where particular 
uh, level of guilt and shame will will come out specifically. And so, yeah. And anger. At anger, it, it being manipulated. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, and I, I touch on that because I just happened to have run across a um, video from um, live action mm -hmm. that talked about this particular issue. And there were thousands, thousands of women in the comment section that said, this was me. This was mm -hmm. almost me. Mm -hmm. This, you know, th this happened twice to me, those kinds of things. And so, yes, Linda, yes, Mindy, um, there's more to come from God on these issues. I am so fascinated that you brought that up because I just um, connected with a gal by the name of Jenny Foster. And she oh. wrote a book called Natty's Pond, N-A-T-T-Y, Natty's Pond. And because she's telling her story about her medically advised abortion. And so her and I've connected, she's going to be on the podcast next this year sometime. I can't remember exactly when, but I'm really excited about that. Um, and just got notification from another pregnancy center network that I'm part of that was asking us if we knew anybody that could help with a medically advised abortion. And um, so I got her information. I'm getting ready to give it to them and get them connected for this client so that they can talk because there's, a, it's different. It's okay. different, right? I feel unqualified to talk to them because while they made a choice, they were trusting mm. trusting a medical team that's supposed to be the experts. Mm. And I was just watching on live action the other day too about a couple who chose to ignore the medical experts and have their baby anyway. And they got to spend some hours with their child before their child passed away. I mean, they got to love that baby into heaven. They got yeah. to bond with their child. They got to hold mm -hmm. that baby. So all of those things that were kind of stripped from them based on medical expertise, I don't know, just different, different. And um, mm -hmm. definitely, I think there's going to be a lot more of that because we're hearing that all over the place that people are being advised to have abortions for this thing and this thing, and or these maybe things, you mm -hmm. know, that, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I love it. I love how you, uh, every time I talk to you, Sylvia, I'm super encouraged because you're super obedient to listen to the Lord and um, you have such a sweet and gentle spirit. And I'm always, always blessed, always encouraged. So glad you're my friend. <laughs> so glad. <laughs> love you so much, Mindy. Thank you, Linda. This has just been an, uh, a tremendous opportunity for us to share God's love and that's what the gospel is. And Amen. so I just, I'm, I'm just praying that as each of us testify, that it sparks a fire under the next one to testify. Yes. Yes. And so that that wildfire about who God is in our lives and what he can do just spreads and spreads and spreads. And I thank you guys for the work that you're doing because we just don't know who's listening and who mm -hmm. it can touch. We don't know who's listening. And so on that note, Thank you. That's such a great segue. Um, I want to hear from who's listening. Um, so I put my ad, my email in the show notes, Mindy at an even place.com, but I would love to hear from you. Do you have topics that you want to talk about? What are the things you want to learn about? You know, what, um, do you have somebody that would be a great interviewee that we could learn something from? Cause we know that with all the different varieties of people and studies and, you know, different ways things are being done. There's so much we can learn from one another and get fresh ideas and just get rejuvenated and encouraged and all this stuff. And so that's what this is about. This isn't about me and Linda. This is about um, just me and Linda wanting to talk to all of you. And so um, please contact me. We'd love to have you on. And 
also with that said, I just want to remind everybody that we have a new purpose. It's a God-given purpose by God. Yes, we create, yes, we chose abortion. Most of us chose abortion in that sense. Most of us were not tied down to the table and made to have an abortion. That was the sin that we chose. It was an event in our life, but it is not who we are. And that's why we changed the name of this podcast from Abortion Recovery Network to Forward with Purpose, because we need to go forward in a purpose that God has given us. And the purpose that he's given us is to take these women out of the darkness into the light, mm-hmm. to share the gospel with them, to make their bride clothes clean to make them pure and spotless for the lamb when he comes so that when they comes, they are welcoming him with these open arms so that we can stand and the women that we're helping and the men can stand in the congregations with their arms raised up in full transparency and authenticity before the Lord. They're not hiding anything any longer and they're not afraid. That's what we get to do. And that's our new purpose. So until next time.